Well, good morning to everybody. Good to have you here this morning. Lord's good to us. We're, uh, I know that he's blessed you because you're not in the hospital. But some people are. A lot of people in the hospital this morning. But thank God me and you are not yet. And uh, hospitals are a good place to go if you need them. Thank God we don't need them this morning. You and I don't. And I'm grateful for that. And Good to see you this morning. Uh, my dear wife and I have gone through uh, the coughing and the snorting and whatever is going around. And I know some of the rest of you have. And uh, so, but it's good to see you back in the house of the Lord. And I hope and pray that this will be a good day for you in the Lord. Everything, David said, that everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. And so I pray that we will praise him, and I pray that you'll praise him. Now, you might be looking to St. John chapter 17. We're still dwelling in that chapter this morning for our lesson. And uh, it's good to have Brother Hall, good to have the Crows, good to have Josh and Randy Kay back, and good to have Mary Jane and Jack. Good to see them this morning, and the rest of you too. <laughs> I go calling names, and I leave somebody out. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. He's given us a beautiful day. And, uh, but we want to get in the word of the Lord and see what he'd have for us this morning. Uh, I like what one preacher said. And it's true. If you hear my, if you just hear my voice, you won't get much out of it. But if you can hear his voice, it'll help you. And so I hope and pray that in our Sunday school lesson this morning that we'll hear the voice of the Lord and speak to you. If you're saved, I hope that he'll encourage you and give you joy. And if you're lost, I hope God will uh, convict your heart of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Because that's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to judgment someday. And so I hope that, uh, uh, as has been said here, that you'll prepare for that. Well, I think we got a song that we sing sometimes, uh, Prepare to Meet Thy God. And that is a scripture found in the Old Testament. And uh, I, think the, I think the writer there was talking to Israel, but uh, it applies to everybody. I believe, uh, I believe the Hebrews says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. So nobody's going to escape. Nobody's going to escape. You might, you might have an appointment with your friends, and, and you might not make it, but you're going to make that appointment to death and judgment, unless you're alive when the Lord comes and you're saved. Now, if you're saved, you can escape the second death. I like that, what Paul told, told uh, uh, Timothy, that the Lord has abolished death. Ain't that good, ain't that good news? Amen. 
that good news? Jesus Christ abolished death. Now he took part in death that he might keep me and you from the second death. And, uh, and that's good news to me. Good news to me. All right. Let's see if we can get into this this morning. You pray for me because I'm, like I said, uh, if I could say this, not that I'm important, but I coughed all night Wednesday night. <laughs> I didn't sleep any. I just coughed. But I took some medicine and, and uh, I've gotten better and I thank the Lord for that. All right, if my memory serves me correctly, John 17, I got down to about verse 7. And let me say this to get your mind ready for this chapter. For those of you that weren't here last Sunday, the, the Lord is preparing His apostles for His departure. Now, they, <laughs> yeah, previously, you know, uh, the Lord told, told the apostles, says, I'm going to go away and, uh, and I'm going to have to go to Calvary and die. I'm paraphrasing that. And Peter went up and said, not so, Lord. And, uh, well, Peter, now Peter was like you and I. He had some expectations in the flesh. And his expectation was that Jesus had come here to start the millennial reign. And, uh, and, and he was going to do like Joshua did when he uh, conquered all the nations of, of Canaan. And he was going to throw the Romans off. Now that was Peter's hope. But, but Peter didn't see the whole picture. And uh, sometimes you and I don't see the whole picture. So, so the Lord is, is preparing his disciples here for him to depart. Now, his, his most agonizing prayer, I think, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But right here he is beginning, could I say it this way? He is beginning a prayerful life to prepare him for the crucifixion. Now the disciples don't, you know, they've heard of the crucifixion, but they really don't get it yet. But the Lord knows exactly what's coming. He knows exactly what's coming. And so he is praying to the Father, and could I submit to you, as I said last Sunday, this chapter 17 of John is the real Lord's Prayer. And, and, and as I said, a lot of people, or some people, and I've even met a few of them, they like to take this chapter sometimes and, 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 and read it and try to figure out the mind of God. Now, this is the Lord and His Father talking like you would talk in a solemn way to your parent. See, that's what's going on here. It's very solemn. And can I say this while I'm here? I got a little nudge to say this. Sometimes you and I, our prayer, our prayers only gets to the ceiling. But not for him. He, 
His father always heard him. His father always heard his prayer. See? And, and so uh, 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 he is talking to the father here, and, and he is talking about some future things that's going to happen. Now, there are some really good things in this chapter for you and me. He is praying for us too. All right? So may I start? I'll start at verse 6. And the Lord is talking to God the Father. This is God the Son talking to God the Father. Now, he prayed many, many times when he was on the earth. <coughs> but apparently, he prayed this prayer in what we would call as human beings out loud when he was with the apostles, with the, with the disciples. And so he, he, he says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. And I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Now, <coughs> again, let me say, a conversation between God the Son and God the Father. And many people take uh, the fact that uh, Jesus said here, Thou gave them to me, they were thine, and thou gave them to me. And they go to some kind of Calvinistic doctrine on that. But, but let me say, God knows everything. You and I don't. And it does not do, for, and, and this is true. I'm not trying to, to skip the word of God. I'm not trying to, to water it down. What God foreknew, he foreknew. But man, you don't. See? And people try to get in the mind of God when they read this. You can't do it. Paul told us in, I believe it's Corinthians, who hath known the mind of God or been his counselor at any time. You see what I mean? But Jesus and God, uh, Jesus is addressing his father here. And he is thanking him for giving him certain of the people that Jesus preached to. See? And God does convict people. See? Now in our, in our dispensation, I need to say this because Paul said it. In our dispensation, nobody gets saved, born again, without Holy Spirit conviction. See, now, the, and I go to my own experience uh, to help prove this. Not, none of my experiences prove the Bible. Let me say that up front. But, but the Bible proves some of my experiences. Now, when I was lost, 
the preacher would tell me, you're lost, you're lost, you're lost. And, and, and you know, uh, me and a bunch of, uh, several of my friends would go out where there wasn't any adults and we'd say, boy, well, I'm going to get saved. I don't want to go to hell. We believed in that. But, but I didn't really know how lost I was. I mean, there would be thoughts that would come to my mind and say, well, maybe that preacher just really don't know all about what's going to happen. Or, or maybe, uh, maybe so-and-so yonder is right, and they're not right here. Those thoughts would enter my, my mind, you know, like, surely, uh, and, and, and like the world is today, surely God loves everybody. Well, God does love everybody generally. You see what I mean? That's a general statement. God so loved the world. See, world of mankind that he sent his only begotten son. You see? And so, but, but the foreknowledge of God is not what me and you can go to, can go to seed on. In fact, the last chapter of the Bible says, I'm paraphrasing it, the Spirit says come, the bride says come, let him hear say, say come, and whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. See? So, and, 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 you, can't, and you can't tolerate in your mind, people that says, well, uh, God didn't choose me, so I'm going to go to hell. Or God chose so-and-so. No, no. Now, that's in the mind of God. What we need to do as, as, as people in this dispensation is believe that there is going to be a great judgment. And everybody's going to be there, as I've already stated. So are you going to be there as a redeemed person or as a lost person? See, that's what we need to think out. Don't try to figure God out. You never can. Even you Christians, me, we can't figure God out. We can believe him, but we can't figure him out. He's too great. He's too great. So, so what mankind needs to do in our dispensation is to believe the word. Believe the word. And, and sometimes when I stand up and talk to people, I kind of feel like that, I'm, that, that maybe they think I'm judgmental. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. The Bible has judged us all. See? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me and my folks and you and your folks. See? And that's just who we are. Nothing you can do about that. One fellow said, well, I didn't have nothing to do with that, with, with, with stealing that apple in the garden. I said, well, I didn't either. And you don't even know it was apple. But I said it was, it, it was sin, and, and God hates sin. Instead of, instead of us uh, looking at that and, and trying to figure it out, how to get around it, we need to consider how bad God hates sin. 
See, that's what, that's what lots of times we don't stop to think. How bad does God hate sin? And what is sin? See? Well, sin is anything that you do that's against the Word of God or that you don't do that God said to do. And one of the main things that God said to do to our dispensation is uh, uh, Paul said, God has commanded all men everywhere to repent. Now, how about that, Mr. Calvinist? He did command it, didn't he? He did say that. So God commanded man to repent. Repentance is like Brother Chris said uh, the other day on his message. It's just pleading guilty. See, pleading guilty. Yes, Lord, I'm wrong. See, but it's up to you to do it. Your parents can't do it for you. Your, Your brothers and sisters can't do it for you. You have to do it. He's commanded all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world by that man that he's ordained. And that's Jesus Christ. See? And so that's the message today for our people. Now, I've kind of got sidetracked on my lesson, so let me get back on it. All right. I'm at verse 9. This is Jesus praying to God the Father. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them that thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, Jesus is doing a specific identification of saved people. Specific identification. See? They're mine and we're yours. See? Well, how did they how did they become children of God? By believing the truth. And can I stop right there just a minute? Say, there's lots of religion out there now that's not truth. I'm not being judgmental, I'm just telling you what the book said. See? Uh Peter said, many false prophets were among the people. Talking about in the old days. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, when they said, what's going to be the sign of the end of the world? The sign of your coming again. Matthew 24, first thing he says is, beware of false prophets. For many false prophets shall come and shall deceive many. See, now what you want to figure out, the devil is also a force in this world. And the devil, the devil takes away things that we hear at church. That's what the Bible says. See, the parable, Jesus said that the, that, uh, the truth, I'm paraphrasing now, he says the truth will be presented to people's hearts and the devil will come and take it away. See, that's a devil, a spiritual uh, 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 force trying to get you not to believe the truth. See, and the devil don't care what you believe. 
just so you don't repent and trust Christ. There is one way. There's only one way. There's not 56 ways. See what I mean? You say, well, you're getting kind of judgmental, Mr. Pollard. Well, maybe I am, but I'm not more judgmental than what the Bible is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, there's not any other. See, that, and, and, and really, really that's good news. And, and what I started to say a while ago, and I didn't get it finished, when I was a young man and would hear the gospel and, and the devil would say, well, maybe they're not right. Maybe it's some other way. But, and, and, and so I really, I, I, I would tell a few people that I was lost, but I really didn't know for sure. The preacher said I was lost, the Bible said, but I didn't read the Bible. See? But, but when I got under Holy Spirit conviction. I mean, it looked like, now this is my story, not necessarily yours. It looked like I was going to hell that night. And I thank God for that. Thank God for that. Because I needed it. To me, when I look back, for, for me, I was a tough nut to crack. Now, not for God, but for me. And so, and so I'm just telling you, see, that all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. I'm, I'm telling you that as your friend. I'm not trying to, uh, uh, to belittle you. I'm not even trying to be your judge. I'm trying to flag you down. All right, now let's get back to the lesson. I'm sorry. Verse 11. And now I am no, uh, wait a minute, I think I've got to get 10. Uh, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. See? Now, I know young people probably don't think much about glorification of anybody, but the saved people have been promoted to glory, not necessarily down here, but over yonder. See, if you should go read the last chapter of the Bible, it tells about a new city coming down from God. And everything in that is going to be so much glory that none of the writers could adequately describe it. And I believe Paul, when he said in the Corinthians, I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither has it appeared to man what God has in store for them that love him. Now, now us Christians ought to be jumping up and down shouting right now. You see? What God's got in store for you. See, and, and can I say this? If you're not saved, if you'll get saved, you can get in on this. All right? All right. Now I'm no more in the world. These are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, 
that they may be one as, as we are. Now, how many religions think you can fall from grace in America? What did God the Son say to God the Father right here? You read that again. Now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. You think God the Father is able to keep us saved? (laughs) You see what I mean? Jesus Christ now he knew, he knew, he already knew that people that's really born again can't get lost. See? Now don't try to figure that out either because you can't. Just believe it. But that's wonderful. See? And I say this pretty often, may I say it again? Hope you don't get tired of this, but When I do right, Jesus Christ is my mediator. When I do wrong, he's my advocate. Is that right? (laughs) That's what 1 John said. Little children, I say that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have what? Advocate with the Father. See? Advocate is a legal term. You go out to courthouse, you get charged with a crime. In some cases, you don't even have to show up. You can send your lawyer. If you've got a good lawyer, he can get you off sometimes. But if you've got a lawyer that knows the father, knows the law, and he's the, he's the judge's son, he can sure get you off. See? right. Yeah. Okay, verse 12. Now listen to this. Whilst I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Now did you get that? See? Now Mr. Pollard, what does that imply? What does that, well it implies security, but it also implies that we are not good enough of ourselves to keep us. Now God God hates sin. See? God hates sin. So we're not good enough to keep us. So we need a mediator. We need a high priest. See what I mean? What did the high priest do? Well, the, the pattern was that he took two goats and he took a, he went in the first time, of course he dressed up in all that garb. Take me 30 minutes to tell you what all he had to put on. But God wanted him to look holy and to act holy. And, and first of all, he offered a, a, a bullock for himself. He took that in there and he offered it on the altar. Then he come back out 
and he selected one of the goats, and he sent one of them, and, and, and he took the other, and they killed it. He caught the blood, went in the holiest of holies, sprinkled blood on the mercy seat for the people. See what I mean? Why, why did he do that? Why did he do that? He did that because God said do it. And he said, any man that won't come up to the tabernacle shall be cut off from among the people. See? So that was a pattern of the real thing that happens in heaven today with our high priest up there. And when you have that evil thought, God knows it. And, and, and your mediator mediates for you now then, let me read this verse again. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that scripture might be fulfilled. Now, Judas never was saved. Jesus said he was the devil from the beginning. But he chose him. Say, well, Mr. Pollard, how come you choose him? Well, he had a purpose in it. And that's what he's saying to the Father before these disciples so they will get it. See, Judas had a purpose. He was to betray the Lord according to the Old Testament scriptures. See what I mean? It was not the fact that Judas slipped in and Jesus didn't know who he was. That was not, that, that's not the way it was. See, he says, I've chose you twelve, no, or not one of you a devil. That's what the Lord said. All right. 